No Anthony Davis. No LeBron James. No problem. Suns win their second game out of three against the Los Angeles Lakers this year and now have the tiebreaker if it comes down to that come playoff time as they defeat the Los Angeles Lakers by a score of 111 to 94. And Matthew, any day you beat the Los Angeles Lakers is a good one, right? Yeah, even if they're not wearing those ugly gold jerseys (laughs) they normally have, it's still a good day. I don't know what you think about those jerseys, but they're not the, the cleanest look, are they? No, I don't. I'm not a big fan of them. You know, I uh, and the ones they wore tonight are really weird. Like I get it, like the Minnesota Lakes and, you know, they were the Lakers and that's where they came from. So it's a nod to the old lakes. Whatever. Get out of here with that garbage. Uh, But it's, (laughs) it's, it's nice to be a team that you're supposed to be handily, you know, unlike the Minnesota games that we had prior, although the second game we did pretty much dominate them. A team that was, you know, everybody's kind of been talking about coming into this game. What, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Are we going to play well yeah. as a team? LeBron obviously goes down yesterday against the Atlanta Hawks. You kind of figured it would be no problem for the, the Suns tonight. Yeah, and it was cool to see LeBron and AD actually in the in uh, on the bench supporting their group. I mean, I think that kind of boosted their morale a little bit, right? Just them actually being there instead of just staying in LA. So I think that's yeah, why it was kind it of a really helped thing. Caruso big time. It did. <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah, Caruso was ready to rock and roll. So uh, mm-hmm. welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. And you're a jamster if you're joining us. So thank you for doing so after this victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. For those of you who are joining us live, here's a reminder to hit the thumbs up button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We're getting so close to 900 subscribers. Almost. So maybe you could be the 900th subscriber. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We're up to 47 uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. So hop on there. Give us another review. Get us up to 50. Ask a question. Give us a five-star review. That'd be fantastic. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. So we got all the housekeeping notes out of the way. Plenty yes. to talk about on this victory night for the Suns as we move to 28 and 13 and now have a game lead over the Los Angeles Lakers for the number two seed. So, Matthew, popping them open. It's your Saturday night, right? Yeah, no, I'm working on it. Ends up, I have to work. You always have water. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's for you, Jamsters. Pop them if you got them. Let's talk about this Suns win over those Los Angeles Lakers, baby. Phoenix beats Los Angeles. Those are four words that always come off the tongue ever so nicely. And here to assist us in talking about this victory from the Fanning the Flames podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Welcome to So Says Jay, our buddy Justin. How you doing, man? Gentlemen, doing fantastic as always. Thank you for having me on. I will admit right now, I don't know where my microphone is. I don't know where my headset is. I don't know where anything that would be useful to my appearance on this podcast is, except for this heart right here that is just bleeding so much purple and orange right now, man. I (laughs) fucking love beating the Lakers, even though 
I don't care. You know, I'm not going to say it. I don't care who they didn't have. We beat the yeah. Lakers. We yes. beat the team from L.A. tonight again for the second time this season. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. second time. And, and it, they, they so. count the same, right? You look beautiful, by the way. Uh, you sound great. Sound Thank great. You. Yeah. So don't worry about that. <sighs> and, 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 you know, you looking without that beard, that fresh cut you got, it reminds me of Cam Johnson tonight. I know, right? The 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 you cleaned it up, little little COVID yeah. haircut. You know, at some point in time, you just take a look in that mirror and you go, "Yeah, it's been it's it's a bit much." And boom. <laughs> Matthew, how did you feel about Cam's haircut? I know that he you had super- him raced as the uh, rated as our Jesse Katsopoulos Award winner at one point for the the best hair for the jammies. So I mean, he's, I he's still in contention, or. Uh, no, he's kind of out of it. Jay Crowder right now is he's for sure the winner this year. He just has he's so constant with his hair and the dreadlocks. But Cam, I mean, he didn't really have much any of any facial hair, did he? He had like a little chin hair, right? That's it, like two or three chin hairs he shaved off. That's yeah, all he, he has. The, he has the Matthew Lissy chin hair look. Yes, he does. Where yes, there's like does. four, it looks like he Homer Simpson's head. He can get away with it. So I can't. <laughs> Well, plenty to talk about on this night as we look at the Suns defeating the Lakers uh, by a total of whatever that is, 17 points. Is that what that comes out to, mathematically speaking? There you go. 17-point victory by the Suns. Love that. A game that was truly in control from the tip-off. I mean, it started with... DeAndre Ayton winning a tip-off and uh, going against him, former son, Markeith Morris. Matthew, what did you think when you saw that Keith was actually getting the start at the five? Well, I didn't even notice him too much. Actually, no, I did because he sucks on offense, and it's fun to watch him try to, try to get a shot off of against anybody. Even when he gets like a mismatch, it's like maybe he can actually take care of business. But no, very difficult for that guy trying to find his way on the floor. It's fun watching him suck somewhere else, especially with the Lakers. And that's even like <laughs> that's even better. So, I mean, what did you think? I mean, did you even notice him tonight? One for six for on uh, from the field for, for a total six. of two two points. Had eight rebounds, but like you said, it's it's fun to see. I mean, again, they don't have their star players. Whatever, you still have to beat the team that's in front of you. And we talked about on the last podcast how this was going to be an opportunity with no AD and no Mark Gasol for DeAndre Ayton to feast. Markeith Morris is sitting across the the aisle from him. And I mean, Justin, you had to be happy to see that, right? You knew it was going to be a good night for DA. You know, I, I I figured it was going to be, but I also saw the scenario where it wasn't because mm-hmm. Booker was on or whoever else was on, and it just wasn't needed. And look, we look. You can look at DA and his performance this season in one of two different ways. You can look at it as disappointing, or you can look at it as a situation where he is doing exactly what he needs to do for this team to be the soon to be one seed in the West, currently number two seed in the West. Right. Correct. Um, And (laughs) I saw a scenario tonight play out in my head where it's like, they have zero bigs going for them. They have zero stars going for them. DA is going to by far be the biggest guy on the court and him you know, end up playing limited minutes because they get up really big, not do a whole lot, at least as far as points go. And then it just becomes an entire thing in, in Suns Nation, the Suns universe, like like it certainly would. So I was happy with the expectation he was going to perform well. I was a little concerned about the potential that he wouldn't meet those expectations and it would turn into something. But, hey, he had a great night. He was efficient. Um, there were some some bobbles, there were some mishandled passes, what have you. But at the end of the day, 
whether he has one point, 20 points, 30 points, or anybody else has however many points, the W is all that matters, right? Hey, yeah. man. Should, should we do it, John? Let's do Just it. Watch 2021. I think it's only appropriate to lead off the podcast with Aiden Watch. Obviously, there's a reason we have this segment on the podcast. He is the one mm-hmm. subject that no one in Sun's Twitter or Sun's Facebook or the Sun's universe can truly agree on how they feel. Uh, somebody posted a poll today. I forget who it was on Twitter, and I, you know, forgive me for not giving them the proper recognition. And it was kind of like a meter of where do you stand and your Craig. concern for did it was it Craig? Craig. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Craig from us, our, the Scotland's number one Suns fan, put out a great poll, and it was like, where do you stand on on DeAndre Ayton? I mean, he is the sounding board. He is the topic of conversation on every Suns podcast on. Uh, you know, every article that's on Bright Side of the Sun has something talking about DeAndre Ayton in some way, shape, or form. And tonight was, you know, you're so right, Justin. When I saw that matchup with Markeith Morris, you know, I, I agree with what Matthew said. I love it because you know that he sucks. And he's sucking for another team. that He wears number 88. Like, I just, I can't stand Markeith Morris. He's in, like, top five, probably the top two hated sons of all time for me. It's like Robert Ory and, like, the Morris twins. Like, that's where it really kind of... Uh, he resonates for me. So I saw an opportunity for DA to feast, but I also saw that other side because that's the the crux of DA right now. He's just inconsistent. He is as consistent game to day, game to game as Abdul Nader is minute to minute. One minute he's jamming down, the next minute he's you know just stumbling, fumbling through the lane, missing a three ball. I mean, one minute he's getting a, a great rebound, the next minute he's losing the ball in a fast break. Like you just don't know what Nader's going to do. That's how Aiton is game to game to game. So you saw the opportunity in this game, and you were hoping that he would be have the ability to execute it, and just and I wanted to happen just because like I'm kind of in Da's corner, you know, his jersey's up here behind me. I'm definitely one of the people who is kind of an eight and apologist, knowing that he's a third year player who hasn't even played two full seasons technically, and I think that there's a lot of room for opportunity and for growth and yada 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 things I say on every podcast. But to have him come out in this game, score 26 points on 10 for 13 shooting, 6 for 7 from the free throw line being the most important part of that uh, with the 8 rebounds and a plus 22 just makes you feel good because there's opportunity for him out there every game. uh, And when he's given that opportunity, he's had the ability to execute. You know, the Suns are winning right now and they don't don't need DA to do this every night. Is it nice for DA to put up 26 every night? Of course it is, but we're winning without that. And I think that that's just something that the Suns have an opportunity to continue to grow and to mold. And as we get closer to playoff time, hopefully you see some more performances like this. But again, you're going against an undermanned team and you should do this. So it was nice to actually see that happen. Yeah, I mean, late last night, I was just thinking about DeAndre Aiden all night. I cannot get him out of my head. He's like the only thing I think about. when I, I mean, me, I don't have kids. I don't have a lot to worry about in my life. So it's just DeAndre always, Aiden. It's DeAndre Aiden. A lot of stuff going on in my head of DeAndre Aiden. I just can't stop. I feel uh, I feel like suddenly this just became like exhibit A someday. Yeah. <laughs> episode. I'm just saying, go on. All right. Carry, carry on. <laughs> oh man. So what were you thinking about late last night about relative to DeAndre Aiden there, Matthew? Well, I wasn't drawing pictures or anything. I was just looking at him. Um yeah, so I think tonight, good, good, good game by him. It was, but if it's consistent, that's even better. I mean, if he's going to do this, I know you just said we don't need it every night, but I like to see it every night. I want it every night. I want this DA every night. It was nice to see, but a lot of it was Chris Paul was 
trying to find him the ball a lot. He would not stop trying to feed DA, and that helps him out a lot. He got through the fumbling, bumbling, turned the ball over. He got that out of the way so he can really focus on just like the confidence that he gained throughout the game. And that's what that's how he ended up with 26 points. That's how he ended up with like getting some big boards and playing the game that we want him to play because he was just so consistent of getting the ball. And that's one thing we always talk about. You got to keep feeding him. If he's messing up, the worst thing to do is go away from him. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything from him the rest of the game. When he's messing up, just keep feeding him the ball because he ends up, he'll get you some good numbers. He's so efficient around the rim. And keep working on the block, dude. Another guy I want to see around the block is Mikhail Bridges. I want to see him in there more. Give him the ball. Make him the third scoring option on this team because it's not going to be DA. We're going to get this game once a week maybe from him. Well, I think I think how often we get this type of game out of him is how often they they game plan to, to allow this type of game to happen. I mean, you just mentioned, Matthew, you noticed Chris Paul trying to feed him a little bit more. And I think that's one thing uh, – at least myself, and I presume a lot of folks have noticed, is that you know DA isn't getting as many opportunities again because he's not the focal point of the offense, or he's not the number two on the offense. You've got Chris Paul ahead of him, you've got uh, Devin Booker ahead of him. Now we know that he has the ability to do this, and I I like these games where they can put that game plan towards feeding DA the ball because the one thing you don't want to do is rest on the laurel of hey we know DA can do this. And if he needs to, we can rely on him to do it. But can you really, if he doesn't have the opportunity to at least show it from time to time, you know? So if he at some point down the line, God, you know what? Actually, I'm going to stop myself because I'm going to go down a dark path that I'm not even going to. I'm not going to touch. I'm, I'm no. I'm, I'm done. That's my point. Is he that, can do it? He that just has dark to path leads to it every now and then. So then, yeah. if he needs to do it on demand. He has that. He has that experience. <laughs> well, the challenge there too is Da doesn't have that switch. You know, right. he doesn't have the ability to turn it on and off like Booker can. Booker does it game to game. He does it within the confines of a game. He knows when and where to attack. So does CP3. Da is still learning how to use that body that he's grown into, and and he doesn't realize how physical he can be at times. And you can see him sometimes. Even he's surprised when you like when he had the ten thousandth assist from. Uh, from CP3, like he got up on that. I don't think I've seen him jump that high in his entire career. Have no. you guys? No, he was looking down at the rim. Yeah, on that he, one. he got he got up, caught with two hands, fast, and with one. It was almost like, like, he, like he sensed that was a, a, a particularly special moment. Yeah, he wanted to be on the highlight reel for that one. But he he honestly, if he watched in regular motion, his it was so quick for him to grab that ball and throw it down. Like his face, like. It was just a mirage. Like you couldn't even tell which way he was looking on that dunk because it was just a, such a quick dunk from just go up there and grab it. But he was seriously looking through the rim. And I mean, of course, we want to always see that, but I'm just glad he did it on that play for the 10,000 assists. It made it that much more special, I think. Oh, I wonder if that would be I mean, NBA top shot moment. Oh, are you in on that stuff? Are you in on that? I can neither confirm nor deny oh, if you search. You know, I've got a problem with NBA top shot. User under that name. <laughs> I've got a problem with NBA Top Shot. Okay, I've tried to log yeah. in like seventy times, and I get to the point <laughs> where it's just like, okay, log in with your Google account. I do that, and then it asks for my. Don't go anywhere, Justin. Oh, I need Justin, you to walk me through this. You? Yeah, you got to walk Sorry. me through this, man. My dog unplugged my my computer. <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay. uh, live television. What are you gonna do? But so, no. Well, so essentially, I. I download or I, I go through NBA Top Shot. I have like a, a username and then I go to get it text, like the code text to me. 
and it sent it to my phone and I put it in. And it's like, oh no, we're just kidding. We can't let you. It's like, what? Did you contact uh, customer service? Like, like, I have. Like, they don't hit me back. Sign up. Well, they they froze the signups for a while. I know, and um, I've been like every day. I'm trying to get a part of that. Well, keep trying. You have to actually, you have to pay money, right? Like real money. Yeah. Oh no, no way! I'm doing that. <laughs> Shit. It's like, Are it's you like, serious? It's like cards, you know. It's what? like I know cards. But... you have to buy cards. My phone's like an LG six or something from like four years ago. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. And then I got like a brand new iPhone 12 Pro, and I'm like, oh, I'll be able to get an NBA Top Shot, no problem. It's like, no, you're you have no chance of doing that. It's like, come on, man. I would love to to be on there. I want I want to trade with so says Jay. You can I want to trade those you, moments. You can do it on your computer too. You don't have to do. It on I've done phone. that too. Okay, just check everywhere I go. It's, it, it'll text me the code. And I put the code in. It's like, it's just, it has like a red box. It's like, uh, no, like that, it didn't work. I'm like, what do you mean it didn't work? Like, I have ATT. It's not like I'm on like cricket, you know? <laughs> like, no offense to people on cricket, but it's not like I'm on cricket. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, 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 don't I, know. I wish I could help you out there. I, yeah. Just buy me some packs, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Listen, I'll, I'll Venmo you the money. Just get me one of those packs. I want to make like $10,000 off this because GameStop didn't work out for me. I was too late on that one too. Jesus. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm stuck with all this GameStop stock. I know. What, am I to, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? those stonks, man? <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I digress. Any advice on, on – uh, no, not advice. I'm pretty sure that would probably like get your stream cut off or something, so – this is not financial planning. Advice. Like last time, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah last Every time, time you were on here, here, we got here, you guys too. get shut down. <laughs> yes. Fuck. <laughs> oh well. Well, again, you know, great, great uh, game by DeAndre Ayton. There, that's your Ayton watch on this episode. You know, a reminder: he's a he's a he's a kid who's who's working hard. Uh, he's got the right attitude. He doesn't always bring it game to game necessarily with his aggressiveness. Uh, but you get plays like this from him. Just fantastic to watch him throw down that dunk from CP3. And to your point again, Justin, I think that when the Suns try to game plan around him, he sees success. I mean, 10 for 13 from the field. He, I, like, I, I bet you I could look it up real quick while I'm talking. Uh, but you look at probably the number of times that he's actually shot over 15 field goal attempts this season. It's probably not that many. No, it's not. Whereas last year, a bunch. Yeah. You're talking about Aiden, right? Yeah. No, there's no way he has so many games where I feel like he's below even 10. I feel like the the amount of games, maybe percentage wise has to be like 60 to 70% of these games. He should be below 10. It's insane how many attempts he has per game. It should be at least 15 to 20 per game Mm -hmm. if they want to be consistent. And it's just not, but uh, I don't know. Let's just, Let's just, just hope quick, to God he just to, fi- like to, to finish that off. Total number of games that he's had over 15 or more shot attempts this year is three. Three. And the Suns are 3-0 and in those games. Oh. So there you go. Just go in the locker room right now and tell those guys. They might be already at the bar. So. I hope they're just listening to the podcast on the drive home. So it, dude. They're hanging uh, out with uh, the big in the locker room right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so you look at the first-team unit. They were looking strong in this game. They started off with 14 of the first 19 points in the paint. Um, You know, I I think that that was kind of the theme tonight. The the first team played really well. The second team was having a rough time. That's really reflected in the numbers uh, relative to the plus-minus. Jay Crowder was a plus-22. Bridges was a plus-25. 
Aiton was a plus 22, CP3 was a plus 8, and Booker was a plus 21. So, And then the bench outside of campaign at a plus 11, everyone on the bench was a negative uh, in some capacity. So, you know, those games, and then again, this is the versatility of the Suns, is there's games where the second team unit does a really good job of carrying the team, uh, carrying the torch, if you will, in that first quarter into the second. And there's games where they're just kind of playing average and, and not very engaged. Uh, Dario Sarge is kind of... What what's happened to him lately, man? I mean, ever since I wrote that piece on Bright Side of the Sun about him being the sixth man, he's been poopy. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry, I I think we know what's happened to him, John. Did I jinx him? He got voided. God, voided. He did. Just like the Bill Simmons curse. Same as yeah, that thing. The Bill Simmons curse to Russell Wilson. Thank you for that, Bill Simmons. Um. No, I mean that's honestly that's the best ex- explanation I have. Uh, look, at the end of the day, dude, it's 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 basketball season. Players are gonna there will be ebbs and flows. Players go through highs, they go through lows, and Dario's just having you know a, t- a rough little stretch. But we know who he is. We know what he's capable of, and I don't think we, there's anything you know to be concerned about. It's just a a, a little lull. It is what it is. It'll pass, and uh, we'll uh, see better things moving forward. Get it out of the system, you know now, right? Hey. Yeah, yeah in you a can win. Start throwing him in trade scenarios right now too, if you want. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. No, I'm just joking. But he honestly, his off, him on the offensive floor, he's still out of sync. Like not on the right, in the right spots all the time. Uh, but it seems like it's like old Dario back, where he would just jack with the three. He went over three tonight, but he's shooting the three like two feet behind the three point line. Like those are things that he stopped doing. That's why he became so great this year is because he was passing the ball, moving the ball. He was point Dario, getting down to the basket. He had a few of those. He had a a nice little runner on just one. Actually, he had a nice little runner in the lane, the little layup. But other than that, he's not trying to get to the rim. He's not trying to like play make as much. His his shot is just so off right now. And I think it is a lot of the hype around him, even like the media, like the mainstream media. I've heard some Dario talk. So when that yeah, starts Kevin to happen, O'Connor. yeah, you got to kind of slow down a little bit. So I think maybe he got to his head. I don't think. Do you think he even listens? Who no. knows? But. But then there's really no looks like a guy that pays a lot of attention to what's going on no, on social media cigarettes. and online. That's all he does, yeah. Smoking cigarettes and stuff. But <laughs> he uh, <laughs> I just think offensively he he'll get it going again. I'm not too worried. Defensively, he's still there. I think he helped out tonight with Montrez Harold. Later in the game, he he put a stop to him, which is just putting his big body, his big butt in front of him. Um, but I'm not too worried about him. I know he's gonna be ready to go here in a couple games. Well, in the two game or the three games that he struggled, he the Suns are two and one. And that's again the versatility and the depth of this team is we can absorb some of those depth blows and put other guys mm-hmm. out there who could be productive to make up for those deficiencies while guys try to struggle and figure it out. We didn't see Frank Kaminsky at all tonight. Uh not necessarily surprised, but I thought we we could throw him in there for a couple cheap fouls on Montrez Harrell and try to slow that beast down. But I think that Dario, you know, again, it's probably where the deficiency lies for the Suns. And obviously here in the next four days, uh, the trade deadline is is looming. And that's kind of one of those questions is what are the Suns going to do? Are they going to do anything? Are they going to go for a backup big? Are they going to not? You know, are they going to wait for the buyout market? You know, there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. around there, you know, but. As, as you talk about Dario Saric, you, like you said, you, you know what you got in this guy. He is solid. He's a connector. He's a passer. He's point Dario. He's the big butt in the paint. He can do all those different things. He's the cigarette butt. There you go, Matthew. He's a cigarette butt. He's a cigarette butt. That, that's that's his thing. That. I that love that too. That's his new nickname, <laughs> the cigarette butt, because he just looks cigarette like one butt. of those European like Bond uh, villains who just like smokes cigarettes and, you know, he's like, yeah. 
I, I expect you to die, Mr. Bond. As a couple you know? sharks. Yeah. I found myself asking myself, <laughs> allow myself to introduce myself. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was asking myself during the game today, as Dara was shooting with a couple free throws, I'm like, does his facial hair just grow like that? Or does he actually have to shave it? But it still looks like it looks like it's like his five o'clock shadow, but yeah, sculpted somehow. Well, you know, I kind of have the weird. same facial hair as him when I grow it out. So at first, it started just right here. He never had anything right here. So I think it took like this season to get a little bit of something right there to connect her, and now it's just going around. He, I don't think he can grow facial hair right here though. He's Croatian. He's like Eastern European. It just grows in naturally that way. Like that's no <laughs> grooming whatsoever. It just automatically comes in Bond villain status. Bond. You know. <laughs> That's, that's just what he ends up growing that's just, so that's the science whatever yeah it's, it's just the way it goes i mean we can't overthink it it just is what it is uh but again dario you know he'll get it back together and i think that as we look at the trade deadline and we will probably talk about this a little later in the pod after we're done kind of talking about the laker game but i really do think that the best thing for the suns to do is get that solid backup big and allow Dario to kind of play some five and some four versus strictly five. Because uh, you look at guys like Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell, obviously, you know, sixth man of the year, an absolute beast. Uh, but he had himself a game coming off of the bench. He ends the night with a total of 23 points, 10 for 13 shooting, just like our buddy DeAndre Ayton, uh, 10 rebounds. So he had t- 23 and 10 off off the bench. He had 11 of those points in the third quarter. And that's where you're really starting to see some of those deficiencies. If Dario has to play somebody who is just a beast like that. And and let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Gents, the Lakers are a team that we could see in the playoffs. We could be the two or as Justin says, the number one seed. And if they lose a lot of games without D without a, a AD and LBJ, it could end up us being playing them in the playoffs. And that is something you have to address. You have to address a big, who can body up Montrez Harrell and push him off of his spots coming off the bench, right? Yeah, well, a lot of it tonight, I think, was just miscommunication, too. There was two dunks in a row they gave up, and it was basically just guys not you know, knowing where to go, and they weren't communicating with each other. That's miscommunication when they're just not communicating with each other. That's what um, miscommunication is. They don't is communicate exactly, to each other. That is all that happened there. I think Montrez Harrell, of course, offensively, he is an old, he last year's six-man year of the award winner, but he he's a guy that, you don't think, of course, he can't score, shoot the ball, but he can get to the rim. His layup is like unstoppable with his long arms. He puts him up with he puts it up with two hands. You can't block it. You can't do anything with it. Uh, but he'll get in there and he'll find the miscommunication. He'll get behind the defense, and that's what he did tonight. And I think Dario and then I don't know who else really helped out besides Dario trying to stop that. They had a kind of double team on Corey tonight, Craig. Kind of, Corey Craig, yeah, Torrey Craig did help out a little bit. Didn't play too many minutes, but he did help out when he was there. Yeah, I mean, Harold's a good player. He's good. He he got his tonight. That was yeah. that was where they were going to get it. So be it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Matthew. There were definitely some of those some of those bats, especially those back to back dunks, big time mis- miscommunication. I think the second one that led to the timeout, particularly. Like, first of all, I don't know why Dario was fronting. He was fronting him like at the free throw line, which seems kind of far out to me. But mm-hmm. uh, there was nobody back there, and the lob came over the top dunk. Booker was visibly upset about it. Again, miscommunication. They're going to happen. Um, they happen probably more often throughout games than, than we notice, uh, that, that that being a situation where we clearly noticed it. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, 
W's all that matters. So they'll, they'll yeah. happen, but Hey, I'm still, still happy about it. Let whoever's going to get there for that team, whoever's going to be, get it. Uh, but if you walk away with the win at the end of the night, well, and you look at the playoffs and a lot of those miscommunications will be shored up because you're going to be in seven game series and you're going to have a better understanding of how you're going to defend these teams. And you should have the ability to cut him off or, you know, have a guard leak down and maybe get an offensive foul. I mean, there's a ton of little kind of things that you can do to negate that. Again, I, this like, I mean, Justin, I can't, I can't exemplify ex- what you said uh, more. The, the fact that we won this game is absolutely huge. We walked away with the win. Uh, knowing it's a depleted team, I don't give two shits. I don't give three fucks. We have beat the Lakers twice in two games this year. Okay. So when it comes to playoff seating, if AD, who I guess was, uh, I was listening to a little bit of the radio broadcast before the game. I was listening to our buddy, John Bloom talk about it. And he said that AD was out there doing his stretches and taking shots. So AD is not too far away from coming back. We'll see how long LeBron James is hurt. Uh, I watched the injury. It didn't look horrible. I mean, LeBron's acting is, I mean, he's in Space Jam too. I mean, he does, he yeah. looked like he got shot in the in the foot last night. I mean, do you guys see that? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the 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 review on it, I don't think it looked that bad, but you're right. He did so. Do you think he just wanted a couple games off or what? That's what it looked like to me. Well, it's, you know, this is the best way I can describe it. Uh, I wrote a tweet and I didn't send it out. <laughs> Let's see what I wrote. I go, there's always one kid on the playground who acted injured. You'd swear they broke their arm or ankle on some plays, and they would miraculously, miraculously heal after we stopped paying attention to them. LeBron James was that kid. That's how mm-hmm. I kind of feel about yeah. him. You know, like he just, he, I mean, we've seen him when he gets hit in the head. Last time the Suns played him, he got brushed in the head. It looked like he got JFK'd. You know, I mean, it's just, so he, maybe I have no doubt that LeBron James got hurt and his ankle, he, had, he has a mild sprain. He tweaked it. And that's for sure. He's a professional athlete and that hurts. Um, but I don't think like, I wouldn't be surprised if AD comes back in two games and there's LeBron James right with him and they could potentially put a run on. And that's again, why it's so important that we win this game, knowing that we don't play this team until May 9th in Los Angeles at the back end of the season, where it might not mean much if, the Suns are up a few games. We could lose that game knowing that we have the tiebreaker in our pocket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, though, even if they were at full strength tonight, the Suns, if they were to beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis with this Lakers team, would it really matter? I mean, it's a good win, of course, but things change so much between now and in the playoffs. So a win is a win, but even if they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I would have been super excited, but it's a different animal when it goes into the playoffs. It's just we're going to see a different kind of team going forward of course. after this game, of course. So either way. Yeah, and and now I'll chime in when I should have a moment ago. Sorry. You're fine. That, was on, that was on me. Um, <laughs> My bad. Um, what has been one of the biggest problems we've seen from this team this year, too? it's been playing down to the level of competition they're up against on any given night. So take a win tonight and look at it as not only, Hey, yeah, it's a win that beat the Lakers always nice. It's important for any potential tiebreakers when we start talking playoff seating. And it also then showed, Hey, we had a game where this team walked in knowing that they're facing a team that is inferior to them, that they should be able to beat quite handily and they executed what they needed to do to do to accomplish that. They didn't play down to them and blew them out of the water. Uh, and, and, and that's something that 
like we when they had those two really bad losses early on in the season that happened like back to back or a few games like one game and then maybe there's a game in between. Um, I remember thinking the big problem here is they happen so close together. If these were spread out, then it wouldn't be as big of an issue. And then we saw it happening a little bit more throughout the year. And and when that happened initially, I'd said if it happens more, then we start becoming concerned about it. As we started seeing it happening more, you start to gather a little bit of concern, but. Then you get a game like tonight where they do what they have to do, and hopefully that shows that that concern doesn't really need to be there and that this team is starting to get to that headspace mentally where if we have a game that we're playing, we're playing at our level that we can play to regardless of who we have on the other side of the court against us. Matthew, thoughts on that? No, it's he's absolutely right, so I agree with everything he says. I agree. Tw- <laughs> I agree twice. Nice. <laughs> it's yes. true, though. I mean, the the headspace that they're that they're in, the getting ready, getting primed for the playoffs. You have CP3 and Jay Crowder as the veterans on this team who are reminding the young guys, like, okay, you know, the, the way that the mental approach to game to game is gonna, we have to approach it one way, knowing that the playoffs are on the horizon, and we're gonna be a part of that show. Hey, D book, guess what? You're gonna get a, an opportunity to uh, to show what you can do in the playoffs. And unfortunately it looks like fanning the flames disagrees with your statement there, Justin. So <laughs> for that, I apologize. Um, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like an explanation. <laughs> whoever Sustain- that, whoever that mystery <laughs> I think, is. I, I think you just, you got hacked, uh, sustained. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, CP three tonight, uh, kudos to him. Three eleven yeah. shooting from the field. One of my favorite bands, 311, at least back in 1997, um, but had his first triple-double as a Phoenix Sun as he posted a stat line of 11 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists, guys. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Devin Booker turning it on and off whenever he wants. That's Chris Paul, really, except for a few games. He'll go through a few games where he has a hard time getting it going, but offensively, whether or not he's dishing the ball or just you know getting to his spot on the floor, he can turn it on, and he did tonight. I mean, I thought he had more points than what he had with 11. I thought he scored more than that, but what he was doing with DA, like I spoke about earlier, that is very important, and we talked about last podcast, the MVP race. I know we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves on this, but it is true. If he can get DA to the next level by the end of the year, that is another notch under his belt. Again, <laughs> getting the MVP, that didn't make any sense. But it's true because if he can make this guy excel and just help the rest of the team get to the number one seed or even the two seed over the Lakers, that is huge for him in the MVP race. Um, but he tonight, he turned it on. And there's only a few games you, this year. is It's excusable. He'll have an off night here or there. But most importantly, he's playing every freaking game too, especially in front of his boy LeBron tonight. He knew You knew he wanted to bring it. What do you yeah. think, Justin, about his MVP odds? Oh, oh. tough question. Um, let's just say uh, if I were a gambling man and if I were a gambling man who actually had like a gambling problem I still probably wouldn't put money on him having a very good shot of winning MVP Uh, is, is, is what he's done to help improve this team obvious? Sure but is that going to get him you know MVP? I mean it's basically have to be like a Steve Nash situation right? And I don't think uh, that that he's at that kind of level uh, at this point in terms of like the, the the hype and the interest and the attention that that what he's done with this team is, has has uh, uh, garnered, um, which I think is good because I don't think that 
he should get that level of credit with this team. If you, if you compare, you know, what the, the level at Nash got with that team, with those teams versus this one. Um, but anyway, I didn't realize Chris Paul had a triple double actually until you said that. And yeah, that I didn't either. Kind of a yeah, I was just looking at the stats and I was just like, oh man, he ended up with the 10 rebounds and, you know, cause it was all assists tonight. Like you said, Matthew, yeah. you know, he, he was focused on getting DA involved. Uh, his, his shots weren't necessarily going down. So I didn't think necessarily on the point side and I didn't even realize the rebound side that he had such an impact on the game, but the starters as a whole, I mean, this was one of those games I mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm doing some quick math, but you have Jay Crowder had 11, Mikael Bridges had 10, uh, Aiton and Booker both had 26 and Paul had 11. So that's 84 of the sun's uh, 111 points. That's 75 point. 7% of all the points came from the starting five tonight. So it's again, it's nice to see that because I feel like sometimes the starting five has to rely on that second team. It's nice to see nights where we can come out and we can really lay the smack down with that starting unit. Uh, and Devin Booker, you know, we haven't talked about him yet, but uh, 10 for 22 from the field, only one for five, or I'm sorry, three for six from uh, the free throw line and one for five from three point line. Uh, man, he missed what, what his first three free throws. Yeah. Yep. I, st I still wonder what's going on with that. I mean, because he was what second yeah. in the league last year. Yeah, it, it sucks because his three point his three pointer kind of dipped, and now his free throw attempts and attempts and percentages dipped too. Because last year, I feel like he got he got to the line a lot more. Um, this year, I don't know if he's really even focused on getting there because he's doing so horrible. Maybe he's just so intimidated by the fact that when he gets to the line, he's just not as efficient, so he doesn't even want to try to get there. Just stick to the mid range. Um, but it's kind of it's not disappointing in a way. It's just, it's kind of depressing that his free throw percentage is down. And I don't know if he can do anything to fix that, but it's, it's kind of like a mental game now, right? Especially with his three pointer. Cause even when he shoots a three, a lot of the times he doesn't look confident when he's shooting it after that, it's going to go in. And two years ago, that wasn't the case. Now it is. And getting the free throw line and shooting the free throws. So there's just some things that, that kind of went away from his game. And I, he's trying to get it back. We'll see what he does the rest of the year. But it, it's tough for him. It's just a mental game now with him. Yeah, you look I, at his total free throw attempts per game last year, 7.3. This year, it's 5.4. No bueno. Hmm. So he's not getting to the lineup, and I feel like he's still putting the effort in. He's just not getting the calls. You said something on Twitter, Justin. Uh, relative to who was refereeing tonight? Oh, it was uh, 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 Ford, uh, Tyler Ford. Yeah, you said and he, something about his bias. Yeah, so he was the referee in the 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 last Laker game when Book got ejected. Mm. He was the referee that called the first technical. Um, he wasn't the one that called the second and tossing it, but he was the one that called the first technical, and he was. Uh, Oh, what was the other? And, and so I, I had gone through and kind of broken down those two guys and Justin Van Dyne being the other referee, his bias, at, at least based on the history, the record of, of the Suns against him compared to their norm over the time frame of those guys have been in the league. Um, Van Dyne was more extreme, but both of them fell at the very bottom of those guys' uh, win-loss records when it comes to each team's respective uh, totals. Uh, in games that they've officiated, I think with Van Dyne they were last. With with Ford, who ref tonight, they were third to last. And there's something like double the number of fouls called on the Suns than normally are called in games uh, officiated by Ford. Uh, so 
I thought it was interesting because, again, he was the one that called the tee on book last time around, the first one, that Lakers game. And then again tonight seemed a little quick on that one with Chris Paul. And, yeah. and he clapped. And, yeah, he, he clapped. clapped. That, was funny. that was funny, though. <laughs> I love that. And what about Schroeder tonight? I mean, I saw a couple of people talk about how Schroeder is potentially one of the most hated players in the NBA. He's annoying. I'm like, no, no, no. Dylan Brooks still takes the cake for me. But Schroeder was being a little uh, pesty son of a bitch, wasn't he? He was, but then Chris Paul gave him the business back. It was, it was the end great. Of the game. He's like, you know, you're messing with the wrong dude. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't pull this shit on me because he turned it right around on him in the in the important part of the game, like five minutes left, taking the ball away from him. Uh, just not letting him do anything on offense. And then he, like, with the clap, which was perfect, because he, you, you could tell Shorter was trying to get that offensive foul called again, and just didn't happen because Chris Paul was outsmarting him that time. He didn't know, I, I think, Shorter was going to have that kind of game where he was going to try to focus on getting those offensive fouls called against him. But then, I mean, Schroeder really only showed up in the fourth quarter. He was kind of scary in the fourth. The rest of the game, he wasn't even there. I'm a big Schroeder fan. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't there until he started being pesky in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he ended with 22 points on 8 of 14 shooting, uh, five personal fouls. So he was risking yeah. it out there, trying to get in front of people and, you know, flopping all over the place. But again, yeah, one I, of those I, guys. I never, really, I never really had that that kind of thought about Schroeder until tonight. I did notice that. I'm like, God, he's being kind of a little you know, annoyance this evening. <laughs> and I, like I said, I don't remember ever having that thought about him. I yeah. wonder if it's anything to do with going up against Chris Paul and a little gamesmanship there and kind of, of especially with LeBron and AD out, uh, Schroeder being, you know, one of the better guys on the squad then for them. I wonder if that came into play, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's just developing that, uh, that persona uh, as his career develops and we'll start seeing it more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's somebody who, you know, again, he, under the tutelage of Chris Paul, maybe he learned a trick or two. And the Jedi reminded who the Padawan who the Padawan was. Right, today. right. <laughs> <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jam star of the game. Uh, who are you guys giving it to? Justin, you're the you're the guest on the show. Let's start with you. Who are you uh. giving? Out the hardware for tonight. You know what, Matthew? I'm kind of pissed that we've never tracked who we give the jam star of the game to. You know? <laughs> well, we can we'll go back and season. watch every video. Actually, a jamster out there, if you want the homework, you go out there and watch every video. And <laughs> we'll give you, you know, a free, uh, we'll ship you something free. Who knows? Yeah, I got a coaster. I got a, a coaster, coaster of a flower. Is there a cactus uh, on it? Oh, no. <laughs> flower. There you go. That's yeah, beautiful. Stephanie Lindgren painted this, so stop yeah. by her Redbubble page. If that's not, if not if that's not motivation, yeah, I don't Come know. Come on, Jamsters, help us out. We'll Give autograph us the standings. It too. There you go. <laughs> All right, go. Who do you got, Justin? You, you know what, man? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go with a weird one here. And this might be against the rules, or I don't know, maybe not. No, Probably. there are no I rules. Rules all the time. I break them all the time. I'm going to as a as a sign of goodwill and a welcome to the squad. I'm going to give it to Tori Craig just because welcome to the team. You played a couple of minutes. Yeah. Let's talk about Tori Craig. What did you see from him? You know, six minutes, two points, uh, had that one foul where he rotated on weak side defense to stop Montrez Harrell. What are your guys' thoughts on Mr. Craig? I thought he was interesting to watch. He looks like he belongs in the suns, right? He does on this team. He just looks like he belongs and he, He's a guy, defensively, he's going to fit with this team perfectly. Offensively, I love that cut he made to get the layup. 
little sneaky offensive guy that, you know, EJ even talks about it. He can score. He's not going to be a guy you can't count on to score if he has the ball and he's wide open. So you have that. And then on the defensive end, I just think the look on his face, everything just seems comfortable. This is a perfect fit for the, for the Suns, And I'm excited. He looks bigger than I, what I thought mm-hmm. longer than I thought. I know he has long arms, but he looks very, very long. And I, uh, I'm very happy that he's on this team to get a couple minutes here and there. Hey, all I know is we got a guy who, um, you know, anywhere from three to in, in the last like three to six years would have been like our sixth man who we now have in just in case maybe True. he can ser- serve yeah. some playing time a few minutes here and there. Uh, so I'm, I'm, hey, for that reason right there, I'm happy to have him. Bam. There you go. Great tonight for that. Jam day. star of the game for that reason. Jam the only problem I have with him, him, one problem I have with Tory Craig, he wears number 12. And I just don't like that. You don't like number 12? No, I just, I mean, Jonathan Motley wore that at the beginning of the season. That, that was TJ Warren's number for a few years. Mm, yeah. I just, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the guys who wore the number. Uh, I, I don't know why everybody either has like a single digit or like, uh, okay. you know, like a teen number for the majority of the Suns. I like it. 12 is so, a kind of a weird basket. Who, who think of any like famous number 12s? Uh, for f- football, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> football is like t- Tom Brady. <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, but I mean, yeah, in basketball, I mean, who, who, (laughs) best basketball players ever to wear number 12. I mean, anything even pops up who wore number 12 in basketball, LaMarcus Aldridge, like, there you go. That's not good. Yeah. There's not a lot. So that's kind of one of the only knock I have against him is the fact that I'm not a big fan of the number 12 in basketball. Just doesn't really make much sense to me. That's a good problem to have then, right? I guess. Yeah. If that's the only yeah. thing I have that's wrong with the guy, you know, Dwight Howard, when you, you know, for a while, mm-hmm. um, let's see, there's no one here. That's even good. As I'm going through the list, Vlade Divac, I guess, wore it at one point in his career. Detlef Ooh. shrimp. Ooh, I love shrimp. I do. Yeah. I do love shrimp too. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Matthew, who are you giving your jam star to? Uh, I'm going to give it to Chris Paul. There's one other thing I wanted to point out too. what Chris Paul was doing. So when he would have the ball over in the perimeter and he was waiting for DA to get open to throw him the ball, he was waiting till DA got in the right spot. So this kind of shirt up like a little bit of questions to whether or not Chris Paul is really not seeing DA or else if DA is not in the right spot. Cause this looked like as soon as he was waiting for him to get in the right spot, DA would do it and then he'd give him the ball. Like, okay, that's what you need to be doing from here on out for here on out. This game, we can kind of experiment with it. And, it, and they did. And there was a couple of times where he was just waiting and he gave him the ball. But other than that, I mean, he just had a fantastic, I think he's the reason we really won this game. Chris Paul, just his effort tonight drawing he drew two fouls do you guys remember the last two times or last time he drew two fouls in a game uh-uh. get into the rim i mean it's it's something that's like i just haven't seen this year and i kind of expected it a little bit more but it hasn't been there but he had to do that he had to get dirty this game he got down and dirty and he got the sons to win i think tonight well a lot of the jamsters are agreeing with you you have nathaniel says dust cp3 gw2 king shah what a name cp3 sun dog 24 says CP3 not even close. Uh, then you got some eight and love from DW1707. Richie says DA. Uh, let's see. Blackout Sun says Aiton. Uh, Richie says Aiton. Richard Dumas. That's what Kenneth Payne says. Good call. That's a good one. <laughs> Divine <laughs> Intention. CP3 for the, the 10,000 assists. Yeah, it's hard not to give it to CP3 um, as he goes over and becomes what what the sixth fifth or sixth player in NBA history to have 10,000 assists. It's hard not to give it to him, but I'm not going to, I'll give it to eight and myself. I just think as we talked about in the last podcast, I was really 
looking to DA to have a dominant performance in this game. And the Suns would need one, given the fact that the Lakers had a depleted front line. And he did that. He delivered 26 total points for the big dude. Uh, he ended also with the the eight rebounds. It would have been nice to see a double-double there. But, nah, fuck it. I'm going CP3, man. He had his first triple-double okay. son. He had 10,000 assists. Yes. Come on. You, you can't not give it to the to the point god on that one. So, uh, that is our jam star of the game. Sponsored by... Guess what? Sponsored by nobody because nobody sponsors us. That's I was so excited. I thought it was like a big announcement. I'm yeah, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no one sponsors yeah. us. Um, the, guess, the guess what segment? Never. These are things that we asked each other prior to the game. Uh, Matthew and I said who would have more assists, CP3 LBJ. CP3 narrowly beat LBJ out on this one as he finished it with a total of 13 assists. <laughs> Over or under 121.5 Suns points. Matthew, I think we both said over on this. We, said, no, we said under because we thought it would be a slow game. That's right. And we were yeah. both correct on this one. Yep. And then we asked who would win, the Suns or the Lakers. We both said Suns. So on the season, I'm 16 and 10. Matthew, you are 18 and 8. I am now legal. You are now legal and Whatever I can now officially drive. So yes. I can drive and you can go pick me up a carton of cigarettes and then we can go hang out with we'll Dario Cigarette yes. Butt Darge. So. Favorite part of the night. There you go. Next up, we have the Heat on Tuesday at 5 p.m. So that's going to be a, it's nice when you get those five o'clock games. Uh, I'll probably be working to about six, so I'll miss probably the first half of the game. But after that, I'll I'll finish it, and we'll come on live right after yeah. that. Uh, what are you guys looking for when you look at the Miami Heat? You know, this is a team that started mm-hmm. off the season really struggling. They were a team that was really hit hard by coronavirus. Duh, they're in Florida. Like, you can't say that you're shocked that that happened there. Um, they're a team that's really starting to put it back together. They've lost three games, and I think their last 10 or 11. So, uh, But two of those were their, the last two that they played. They lost to mm-hmm. Memphis by a total of four points, and then they lost, let's see, to the Indiana Pacers uh, by 17 points a couple nights ago, and I think they lost to them again tonight. So it might be three in a row that they've lost. What are you guys looking for as DeAndre Ayton goes up against Bam Adebayo? Justin, we'll start with you, dude. Well, you know, I just want to see them come out and – play with fire and energy and and match whatever well i i don't want to say match whatever energy miami brings but bring as much energy as they can to the game because you know you're making a trip across the country um mm. and they haven't really been out east yet they had a, they had what one one stint out there earlier this year but it's yeah been a- one east coast swing earlier yeah, but it's been a while. So heading back east, you know, there's a lot of reason why time change, travel, et cetera. You can come out a little flat, lethargic. I want to see them come out with energy um, and and play strong coming right out of the gate so we don't have to worry about falling behind because even even with Miami struggling, what have you, that's there's talent on that squad. We know that. We've seen a lot of that talent. We've seen some of that talent here, um, you know, in Phoenix. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you, you can't go into an NBA game uh, against any team, uh, come out flat, uh, and and expect to have a win or at least a win that you can be comfortable with throughout the game. So I want to see them come out, play with energy, and and play play to the the, the highest level they can uh, from start to finish this game coming up. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, and Kenneth Payne's right. Crowder is going to kill him. I mean, I think they miss Crowder a lot, but they. The Miami Heat is kind of they turn it around, and especially in the East, they can really push their way towards the top of the standings now. Now, now that they're kind of healthy, they've had a lot of problems this year. 
um, with COVID, like a lot of teams have, but they really miss a lot of their uh, their stars, especially Jimmy Butler. Uh, Bam, I want to see Aiden, like you're saying, bring out, come out, play with fire, just some passion. Da, just do that against Bam. Who cares who the hell's guarding you? I know tonight, Da could have just he took advantage of what the Lakers had out there, but I don't care who he's playing against. These shots he's giving up, he's getting up on the block, doing what he did tonight. He can do that against really anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. His positioning was really good. I know there were some mismatches, but just don't believe in that, DA. Like, you have to go out and just – Bam is a high-athletic guy. He, he has high-energy guy. And he's going to be a problem, but it shouldn't be an issue for DA if he can continue this. That's what I'm going to be looking for It's just how can DA can continue this. I mean, could we get another four-game stretch? Oh, geez, I hope so. Oh, that would be great. A another four-gamer oh, wow. four of DA. <laughs> I can't wait. I think it happened on the East Coast swing last time, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it happened. It so maybe he plays better on the East Coast. Uh, but yeah, that BAM-DA matchup is probably the one that uh, Suns fans especially are going to be very tuned into, um, knowing that Jimmy Butler's been playing a lot better, obviously, because he's been back. Uh, and he's going to be a guy that he, he's going to kind of do what he does. And you have to try to limit guys where yeah. you can. And Jimmy Butler and BAM Adebayo are their top two scores with uh, Tyler Hero being their number three overall score. And that's another guy who is idle. You know, like like Devin Booker loved Kobe Bryant. Tyler Hero loves Devin Booker. And he's played very well against the Suns when he had an opportunity to go mano e mano against him. So it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys do. The biggest thing, obviously, is just that perimeter defense has got to be strong. It's a team that loves to shoot the three ball. The Suns have really good perimeter defense. So if we can limit their three point shooting, I think that's obviously beneficial for the Suns. You know, you look at again, the game tonight against the Lakers, the Lakers shot five for 25 from deep. They shot a total of 20% from downtown. Now the Suns shot 28%. They had an off night, but they still won by 17 because they dominated every other statistical category. They had, uh, 52 points in the paint. They had 51 rebounds, which is 10 more. They had 10 more assists than the Lakers did. You know, so when you play a full squad like Miami, where Goran Dragic might play, might not. I think he, he sat out uh, the last game. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But again, it'll be a fun game. Miami's one of the two teams that we haven't seen so far this season. Justin, do you know who the other team is? Um, uh, Orlando. Nope, we've seen Washington. Them. Nope, we've lost to Washington. Damn it. What team know. do we hate more than any team in the NBA? Spurs. We have Spurs. not seen the Spurs yet this year. So uh, that's just the way the scheduling gods work. The two teams we didn't get in the front end of the of the schedule were the Heat and the Spurs, and we will be playing the Heat on Tuesday. Who wins, guys? What do we what do we predict in here, Matthew? Soons. You saying the Suns? Yes. The Soons? All right. What are you saying there, Justin? I think you know the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're Mr. One Seed and ain't known the bubble, so <laughs> I don't even know why I ask you. As I look at the schedule, okay, we play the uh, the Heat, and then the back-to-back, the next night we play the Orlando Magic, and then we go to Toronto, and then you have the Hornets, and that sucks Aww, about LaMelo Ball, Hornets, dude, this That sucks, sucks dude. about LaMelo Ball. I didn't even get a chance to really talk about that tonight because I want to talk about something else before we get out of here. Uh, I'm trying to – I got to make up a game somewhere, okay, Justin? Like – I was very I have focused to make up, on that on that have, image, and then it I, went away, and that scared me. <laughs> so, well, I mean, if you look at the standings, like I have to make up a game on Matthew. Mm-hmm. Like, is this one where I can make up a game? They've lost it three in a row. Oh, what do you think, Jamsters? Do, it. do, do it. I do I do it? Do I say that the Heat are going to win just because I want to try to? 
All right, I'm saying the Heat win. Mm, I don't okay. want them to, but I have to try to. I have to try to make up a game on Matthew Bro. somewhere, some way, <laughs> somehow. Blackout right. Sen says, "Don't do it." It's official. It's too I late. It. I feel yeah, like I feel like you have to make up that game waiting for him to pick against the Suns. I think yeah, that's but he he away. doesn't. He doesn't. He just he hasn't. Done I do it. Well, well, son of a bitch. All right. Thoughts. Um, brains. All right, a couple things before we get out of here. Obviously, the trade deadline is going to be coming up on Thursday, I believe. It's Thursday or Friday of this week. Uh, Matthew and I will have a couple more podcasts before that actually happens, so we can go into a little bit more in-depth who we think the Suns should target, if they should target anybody. Uh, but Justin Cena is your guest here on the podcast from Fanning the Flames. Who do you think the Suns should target, or should they target anybody? What, what are your thoughts on kind of the Suns, the state of the Suns as they approach the trade deadline? Well, we actually have a very big trade deadline special on fanning the flames. No, I'm kidding, dude. I'm Ah, oh, man. Here's what's funny, real quick. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your tweet like last week. It was like a couple Fridays ago and you're like we're getting ready to record another one. And then I know it. Paul had a blackout at his house, right? Yeah. Cuz yeah. I lived down the street from him and I had a blackout too and I was like, "Oh, damn it, they're not going to be able to record. The thing was out for like 2 or 3 hours." That's exactly what happened. And then other i don't know what else happened for the you know nine days since then but that's you know <laughs> it's a whole different story um many many different stories i'm sure uh but you know trade deadline i i haven't really sat here and thought okay i want the suns to target anything in particular as far as i'm concerned if the suns make a move fantastic because i trust james jones that he's going to make a move that's not going to be something that's going to be so disruptive it's going to mess up the the chemistry of the team or anything like that uh or or mess up you know the team's chances as a whole moving forward he's not going to make a gigantic change i don't think i think he could definitely uh build up some areas and if he does fantastic if he doesn't he stands pat i'm completely fine with that because look at the end of the day what are we dealing with right now we're dealing with a team that is well, two games in the lost column out of the one seed right now. Yes, so if a change doesn't happen, so be it. We've got a great team. We know we have a great team. And if, if James Jones thinks there's a way to upgrade it, then he will. And and if it's going to be a way that's feasible. Um, but I, I think if he is going to, I I would say, yeah, that, that backup big. I think the big, the big position is where we could – you know, use uh, use a little bit of bolstering just because we don't have the depth there that I think we do in other areas. Um, especially when you look at, yeah, we have guys that maybe can fill in at the four, but do we want them playing the four a whole lot? No, maybe if we can get somebody that's more of a true four or five, that's going to be serviceable. You know, I think that would be a, a, an ideal place to look. Obviously, we can say point guard, backup point guard, or um, as my 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 podcasting partner would say, the backup to the backup that could be as good as the backup. That's what he would want. Um, uh, sure, that would be great. But uh, like I said, if we're going to focus on an area, I think that that uh, backup big big depth. I won't even say backup. I'll just say depth is where I would look. Yeah, I mean, I trust them too. And if if they do anything, it's going to be very very little. I think a very little upgrade, and that's all that's probably going to happen. So. Uh, yeah, I know. I trust James Jones too, so I'm not too worried, but I'm gonna throw a name out there though to look out for, uh, Christian Wood trade for him. That's <laughs> no the, that's the biggest name. I think this, the Suns can go get without messing up too much chemistry. 
No, I mean, I saw somebody today on Twitter was talking about what the lineups would look like if the <laughs> Suns made a it. trade for Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. It's like, that sounds great. You can throw those lineups at me. That looks fantastic. Until you realize that Nikolai Vucevic makes $26 million a year. Yeah. Like, you can't trade any assets. If you trade Aiton, who's $9 million a year, you still have to make up another, what, Seventeen million. Sarge like, and Crowder would have to go with. That. Yeah, like so. I'm like so. I'm like all of your lineups are a moot point because it just doesn't make any sense. And no. who who's to say that the the thing that the Suns were going to do has already been done by adding Tory Craig? I mean, I don't yeah. think that's. I, I'm okay with the Suns saying who they who they are. I really am. I'm really comfortable with this team. I do think there is opportunity at a big. You know, we've been saying on the show for a while. Hashtag Javale McGee. I heard Burns and Gambo say the other day, like. He's, you know, the Suns aren't interested, but he's somebody who, like, it's completely plausible and feasible for it to happen. He makes four million a year. So if he, by some, you know, if you want to trade like Javon Carter and Etwan Moore, you can make that happen. I did in the trade machine today. It works. It's not what I want to do, but those are two end of the bench guys who are guards. Uh, you have Langston Galloway, you have Cameron Payne, so you have depth in that area. Uh, so if you want to do that, or you could just play the buyout market. If they buy him out, he's going to be nothing. He's another $1.9 million uh, veteran minimum that you could get to him. Uh, that's, again, if they have any interest. So we'll see what happens later uh, this week relative to the Suns and the trade deadline. And before we get out of here, Matthew, I just wanted you to kind of give your thoughts on the news today that we heard that LaMelo Ball is out for the season as he fractured his wrist. Uh, the guy that Matthew has been – harping on and talking about since uh, the the entire pandemic, because we did like eight months of rookie coverage and draft prep and that shit. Uh, And then of course, you know, he's out for the season. So how, how how sad are you? I'm super, I'm super sad. (laughs) You know, he's he's like, (laughs) he's like one of my own, one of my own. LeVar and I go way back. So, very upset with it. it. It sucks. This is why I hate a lot of the NBA right now is because there's a lot of injuries going on and the Suns are escaping it for now, but a lot of these teams are going down. So uh, LaMelo himself though, I think he would have been rookie of the year, but now he's obviously not going to be, but he'll be back next season. So I'm looking forward to next season. So shut the Hornets off. Stop yep. watching them. Yep. There's no, no reason now. No more league pass for the, the horny Hornets. So the only time we get to mention them one more the time Hornet is when we play them here in about four games, then we won't mention the Horny Hornets anymore. And that's just, yes. that makes me sad. So uh, mm. on that note, talk about Horny Hornets. I think that's, we're going to wrap up this here podcast. So uh, Justin, you want to tell everyone where they can follow you and all that good stuff and listen to you and hang out yeah. with you. Yeah. Are we ever going to a Suns game guys? Are we? I don't know. We need yeah. to. Am I allowed to go? We should. I went to ask my boss, John. John, can I go to a game? I went to the yeah. I went to the Blazers game. Yeah, you lucky bastard. Well, well, they won awesome. by 32. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed because I didn't get to see as much of Booker and Chris Paul as I would have wanted to. But yeah, hey, we need to go to a um, game soon. No, we totally should. Uh, let's plan that. Let's plan yes. that, gentlemen. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay. Uh, my podcasting partner is at Dervish of Whirl. Our pod is Fanning the Flames. We're at, at Fan the Flames NBA. And we, uh, you know, release pods on this podcast network every now and then. We're like the uh, uh, the, the special treats, I like to think now at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Come rolling in every now and then. Everyone's like, ooh, a Fanning the Flames episode. Let's listen to them talk about nothing for 45 minutes. <laughs> and we're the buffet. There's just too much of us. <laughs> There's Yeah, too much. <laughs> Spread ourselves No such thing as too much of a buffet, baby. 
Amen. We're like a Vegas buffet, man. Oh, I can't wait to go to Vegas again. God, we're getting so close to being able to do shit again. And I just like, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anyways, uh, on that note, you can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, I think. Um, the Phoenix Fans app. <laughs> wherever wherever there's Suns content, you'll Holy find fans. us there. The yeah, the only fans you can find us there too. You got to pay a little bit extra, but you know what? It's worth it. Matthew does a pod with his shirt off, and everybody gets really excited. So stop by. Thank you again for everybody who's watching along live in the YouTube. Uh, make sure you hit the, the the subscribe button, you hit the thumbs up button, the bell to remind you that we go live. We will see everybody on Tuesday. Matthew, you got anything else to say to the jamsters before you get out of here? No, I mean, those pods without my shirt, we can go over some moles that might show up and see if what everybody thinks. Um, that's all I got, man. Everyone go home, love their family. And we'll call that Exhibit B.